Uh, welcome to Psychic Bulletitude Soup for reasons that will become apparent soon. Or if you're already psychic, you already know. Uh, this, this episode is sponsored by two sponsors, 1-800-Flowers and Sherry's Berries, because yes, Valentine's Day is quickly approaching. Ooh. You can order 18 red roses for only $29.99 or upgrade to 24 for just $10 more by going to 1-800-Flowers.com slash soup. And uh, you can get a Sherry's Berries Berry Pack. That's what I call it because I like saying the word berry. For $19.99 uh, by going to berries.com, clicking on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and then typing in dude soup. But I'll describe that in more detail in the future. Because uh, of psychicism. Psychicism. Yeah. yeah psychicism. I, you already psychism. know, actually, if you were, if you were the if appropriate dude soup listener. What? Precogs, they call us. Yes, indeed. So today <laughs> we have a very special guest arranged by... James Wilms, because of his fantastic inroads into the game development community. I have one inroad into the game <laughs> development community, and yeah. all I had to do was uh, pay for it. What? <laughs> pay for it? Well, no. James paid into oh, it. Oh, I see. It. So what? because... <laughs> oh, oh, I thought I told you just smelled Adam. Because <laughs> James went, it uh, stinks, and looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Sorry. he. Sorry, Lawrence, go ahead. <laughs> James is uh, balls deep into fig. Uh, got... <laughs> Got way too many investments and, and uh, assets tied up and I'm actually game not invested now. in any fig things. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't oh, do no the mind. investment thing because I didn't want it to compromise my integrity. Oh, okay, I see. Something <laughs> for which I am known. <laughs> yes, we're all games journalists here. Yeah. Um, and as such, uh, James paid a fantastic <laughs> amount of money to get Tim Schaefer on the podcast today. So in about four minutes, I'll call him as promised. <laughs> <laughs> he asked for a specific time because I'm gonna assume he had to run to the bathroom. And, you know, burn all the paperwork that I was going to find. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Let's cut to our feet of Tim's bathroom. Yeah. Well, we did it. We did a test with him earlier, and he was arranging things in the back of his office. Yeah, yeah he was hiding. It looked like he was hiding things. He was hiding. What's he doing? It was a facade. It's he, all fake. He knew it was going to be a gotcha interview. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> we go get you. Well, that's why I gave him I gave him a grace period to delete all the emails. Yeah. So. We hit a microphone in the 1-800-Flowers we sent him. <laughs> he, threw, right now. he threw those away. We were yeah. just trying to butter him up. Well, now we got three minutes of time to fill, so oh you guys boy. want to talk more about AIDS? Harry I Potter, I watched no. Riverdale yesterday. Oh, boy, here we go. I've been telling anyone who will, will or will not listen. This, anyone, is the, this is the three-minute section of the beginning of the podcast where we just kind of update everyone on new um, trending topics. Go like, ahead, Riverdale. Riverdale. Oh, God, no. I, uh, did anyone beat Resident Evil yet? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Um, I think we're close. <laughs> well, I beat the first episode right of Riverdale. So. I want to hear Riverdale. Talk I want to hear about Riverdale. Riverdale. All right, tell me about Riverdale. Fuck Riverdale. Then I can wins. make my it's joke. Only three minutes. Don't worry. It's I, I can make my joke for the hundredth time. Archie Comics and Friends now live on the CW in that's, a sexy murder mystery show. That's the thing at the grocery store, right? Yeah, I used to Kay. buy that when I was like Bruce had his his drawer of Star Wars books. I had a drawer full of Archie comics. There you go. Not for my joke. What'd you do with yours? Oh, trashed it too. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> Elise was never interested in like the sexy murder dramas, like uh, liars and lying. Games oh, pretty little and liars, little liars, and, 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 uh, and even stuff like True Blood and Gossip stuff Pro, never yeah. inter- interested her. Vampire Diaries, none of things got her. The only thing that got her into like sexy teen dramas was that it's based off a hundred-year-old comic book. It's a relic from our time. It does make sense. I was giving commentary to James too as I was watching it. I was like, "Oh, Archie's having sex with Were you the in the room? Were you in the room? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. I so, thought Archie's a got a constant three uh, love yeah. triangle. Yeah, six pack now. There is a love triangle Sweet. with Betty and Veronica, of course. What? Um, One sits on his like face. a love square. Yeah. <laughs> That's is, how it works. <laughs> Moose so, is a closet homosexual. So wait, if if you haven't seen any of the the litany of other sexy teen dramas, do you feel equipped to compare Riverdale to those offerings? No, but I it feels a lot like <laughs> no, we can move on if then. twin <laughs> it feels a lot like if somebody took Twin Peaks and what's good about Twin Peaks and said, 
Let's make it a shitty show on the CW. Wait, it's weird. Like Riverdale's odd. It's supposed it's to be like creepy. creepy. Well, it's spooky. kind of it's kind of Stepford it, Wivesy. Oh, okay. It begins when these two twins, this brother and sister, go out rowing a boat on the lake, and then one of them, the brother, dies. How? He we reached don't know. Down, she dropped her glove. Call me when it happens. He, he, Wait, he the just boat flipped over and he drowned, and the they boat? couldn't find the body. Uh, he, he drowned. Or, but we don't know the circumstances. Whoa. Are, is there any talks of crossovers, possibly with Family Circus or Calvin well, and or Hobbs? Jo- <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats are already in it. Oh, they've I already shown that Comedy up. Central show drawn together. Is all of those people together? Yes. Kind that, of. Like, yes. Drawn together yes. was good though. It's just old comics. Wow. I want to see Riverdale. In other oh, news, no, I, I'll watch it. I'll watch it on the plane. Watch it on the plane. It's not. It's it's not terrible. Yeah. It's just it's it's fine. Yeah, I, I like it. The no. thing is, they they always do this with stuff like this where they they reboot or whatever. Uh-huh. They still hold on to like the archaic pieces of the old stuff. Yeah. So like Archie walks into this diner and there's this guy and he's like he's been narrating the whole show. It's Jughead. Oh, it's like and then but then Archie comes in and he goes, "Hey Jughead," and I'm like, "New man." Well, no, I'm just like, <laughs> like, like it's not like, why is he, like, it makes sense that Jughead is Jughead in the comics, because he's like, dude, I'm Rufy Crown, I'm Jughead, right? <laughs> but this is just a dude in a beanie, and it's like, well, why is he called Jughead? Yeah. Well, his beanie's kind of shaped like Jughead's. No one knows why he's called Jughead. Is he stupid? No, no. He's smart. It's a hacker guy. He's kind of like, oh. Oh, well, they, they put it twisted on its head. Type. That's what they did. They made it, they, they turned it around on you. They should call him Smart Head. None nice. of the characters need to be Archie characters. That's my favorite thing about it. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems yeah. like the Riverdale thing is like, well, we got this license. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. But in the Slap first, it on Cloverfield style. And it's 10. All in right. the first okay. five minutes, they show Archie and Betty with their shirts off. Whoa. Okay, that's pretty sweet. Wait, nips? No Come nips. On. You don't get nips. Not on the C-dub. I hear him. your new overlord. Gotcha. Hi, Tim. Gotcha. Hello. Hello. Hi, Tim. Hi. Hi. Am I here? Am I alive? You are. You are alive. So, Tim Shaker, thank you for joining us. Hi, everybody. For the audience who may not know, um, because we must, we accept all types here. Mm -hmm. Tim Shaker is a bit of a, a bit of a name, as uh, basically associated with a bunch of classic point and clicks from LucasArts, but lately has headed up Double Fine, which has produced a lot of awesome games. Uh, Most recently, Headlander, I think is most recent. There you, go. Uh-huh. Oh, you got it. Gotcha. That's the first gotcha of the evening. Nailed me. <laughs> Sticking you to the wall. But um, I, I think this is kind of special because James is a huge Psycho Psychonauts fanatic. Yeah. No. As well as Tim Schafer's other junk. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam's a fan too. Sure. <laughs> I think they're fighting over who likes you more at this point. So I, I've told this story before, but growing up, I was a Mac kid. I didn't have mm-hmm. a PC. And the only games I had was the LucasArts collection, mm-hmm. so I played a very a lot of Day of the Tentacle, and a lot of Sam Max at the Road, and full a lot throttle, of Full Throttle. Yeah. Those were my that was my that's that got me through a lot of hard times. Thanks, Tim. We had one um, <clears throat> like Matt Devo, uh, a guy who was really into Max at Lucas, and he insisted that we port them all over. So it's that one guy. You probably he was he was doing it as a, like a pirate at first. He was like <laughs> a kid who was porting all our games to the Mac illegally, and so they oh. sent him a cease and desist letter, and then they hired him. Wow, <laughs> nice. Oh, that's really cool. That's, well, that's who you, oh. I yeah. I thank him wholeheartedly yeah. for having not such a sad childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Adam's personal tales of woe. Thanks. So I've got uh, <laughs> I've got um, I've got some more I guess far reaching, deeper questions because that's typically what I uh, got. Uh-huh. So if you guys have any lighthearted, well, but, well, we should talk time, about why he's my here specifically. He's oh, sure. It's not because we just like him so much. Right? <laughs> why not? We like him so much. Well, yeah, so I, was I mean, going to be liked. Yeah, <laughs> we, 
we I think we all collectively uh, love your creative work. But of course, right now you've got a product coming out. I mean, I, I feel like Double Fine is always kind of cycling on to the next product. So that's not super uncommon. But I guess the next on deck is uh, Psychonauts Rhombus of Ruin. Yeah, our first VR game ever. And our second Psychonauts game. So. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to ask about that. Uh, I mean, you'll you'll have plenty of time. Uh, you'll I'll give you all the ad space runway you need to uh, to plug your product. But um, uh, in terms <laughs> of psychonauts, it has, it has no toilets in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why James is not in. If it had a toilet, you'd be in there. That see, that, it's it's funny because that's already a lie. Because I played it at E3 and there is a toilet. Okay. Oh. One toilet. <laughs> <laughs> they promised that role years ago. I'm sorry, yeah. There's a guy sitting on it the whole time, so you can't hear his voice very clearly. Yeah. If you well, if you listen though, like you can like I they did get a little bit of me it's muffled me and it's quiet. Really? You have to isolate the track, but there's a there's me and it's a kind of muttering from the inside. Tim, of the Tim is that true? Is that the, true, Tim? Of course that's not true, or you oh. would have gotten a check from us. Oh right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you can hear me in there. There too. Whoa, actually, <laughs> I don't know. Personally, given that Psychonauts was Double Fine's first product, does this feel like a bit of a victory lap for uh, Double Fine as an entire company? Given that it's it's been successful, or at least it has existed for ten years, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a success. Is that is that kind of how you see it? Is it a moment of reflection? Well, I mean, uh, that's that's a good question because. It, yeah, the first, we first started that game, we had no idea what we were doing, and we know just like a little bit more now, and we've been around for 16 years, so it's nice to look at those characters and be able to, to, to ask ourselves, like, what would we do <clears throat> now that we're geniuses and know everything? <laughs> what would we do with those characters now? Um, and it, it, it's just nice, it was just nice, it was amazing to do that. You know, we launched that campaign for Psychonauts 2, and then the next day, as soon as that was over, we were in the studio recording. Richard Horvitz and the actors who played Raz and all the and it was just how we're really back in this world talking about Sasha and Mia and all these characters. So it was it was great to go back in that world so quickly. Hmm. I mean, so quickly like ten years later. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was catching up on the uh, the documentary about Broken Age, and yeah. it was kind of fascinating. Um, it, I mean, it's it's all fascinating through and through. But the thing that that struck me as particularly curious is you launched the campaign without really knowing what the game would be yet. But it feels like with Psychonauts 2 and Ramos of Ruin, you clearly have a starting point. So how much work does that save you in creatively uh, to have the characters in the world that you built? Yeah, and also some of the story. You know, I'd written some of the story back when we did Psychonauts 1. I had this idea for how this would continue. We planted some of the seeds in the first game. So it's been a lot of help just knowing that, you know, we know what the characters roughly look like. And it's only a day later. Like, it takes place, like, the next day, so they don't. Their clothes are a little bit older, but not that much older. So um, that, that 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 does help. But um, we also have to figure out ways to make it really fresh and have good things change, even though it's only like twenty four hours later. Hmm. I, I'm curious, just in terms of like a, a development decision, the VR game plays a lot to me from what I what I tested of it. Plays a lot like one of the old school point and click adventure games. Yeah. Um, yet Psychonauts itself was like kind of more of a, it was a platformer. It was like kind of against a lot of the things that you were known for at the time. So was that mm-hmm. a conscious decision or is that just kind of like, we really want to do VR and this is the best way to do it. Or mm. we like, we want to go back and try that kind of game again. Well, it was, we wanted to do a Psychonauts game in VR and, um, I always get, really sick when I do VR. Like, I, I'm very susceptible to any sort of uh, simulation sickness, you know? And um, 
And even though a lot of people who've done third person, like moving camera stuff, I'm like, let's, let's have you, what if, Hey, what if you're strapped to a chair? <laughs> and so that, that's, that decision came from. And, um, and, and then it, it took us for a while. We were actually developing and we realized like, Hey, this is kind of like a point and click. You realize when you take out the jumping and the running and all that stuff. So, um, it was a little bit more accidental. Cool. Are some of your, are some of your best designs end up being that way? It's just, it's a process of cutting out what doesn't work. And then incidentally you arrive on what happens to be a pretty harmonious idea. Yeah. That sounds better than accidental. I take back saying <laughs> accidental and make it what you said. That's all right. <laughs> I, uh, I'm like, putting up the business evolve, cards right now. It all dynamically put it that way. Yeah. I mean, you have to like, I feel like the most important thing in making a game is to listen to the, the game itself. And it, it, like, it's like, it's talking to you when you're designing it. And it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a platformer anymore. Like I want to be this. Psychonauts 2 will be a platformer though. Well, that's good. Yeah, yes. I was concerned. Since, since there's been yeah, the game kind of tells you what it, what it wants to be at a certain point. Yeah, that's cool. Since there's been so much time that's passed, do you feel now like you're trying to reintroduce Psychonauts to a new generation of players? Or are you like, these damn millennials, they don't appreciate summer camp. Like, they're not going to get my game. Do you feel like you have to, to change your narrative at all? Oh, I probably should think about that a lot more. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Gotcha. Or, <laughs> what is it that you uh, millennials like? Like Pokemon didn't? Uh, yeah. And Just add Pokemon. <laughs> they like yeah. going outside now. <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, you know, we're trying to mostly, um, and we're always trying to get a better game and think about what, what we've learned about playing games and making games in all of the years, but we're still trying to put our headspace in the Psychonauts world and just what makes sense for these characters and what makes sense for Psychonauts. So uh, it's not like some big departure and now, yeah, you don't have to go outside. Relax. You don't have to go outside for a second. <laughs> get to go to summer camp yeah. in my own room. Thank yeah. God. I was going to ask, uh, Tim, since you've been, you've been making games like from the early days of like point and click and stuff, what, did you ever think VR would ever be a, an actual thing? For games like because as long as i remember yeah. it's always been kind of a pipe dream we had um you know we had a big rush of it in the 90s and kind of there was a parody of it in sam and max uh <laughs> and vr was every like lawnmower man you know there's a lot of this vr hype and then it kind of like everyone was like oh actually the, the early ones were not that great and so i actually was more surprised that it went away and just even like five you know before um rift made a big splash i was like i wonder why vr never took off because you know that really is Seems like something they could. So basically, I invented VR. Oh, okay. <laughs> a bit. But uh, um, I'm glad it's back. And I was not like one of the early adopters either. Like I didn't really want to be wearing a helmet all the time. And and um, like I said, I get motion sick. And, and as we've been developing this game, and you kind of you know you put your put yourself into this place, and you feel really transported. That really does fit well with what we like to do as a studio in general. Like take you somewhere. Uh, foreign and drop you into this fantasy world. I think VR really works really well for that. So cool. it's been a lot of fun to do VR. Did I think uh, it would? So yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised. And I, but I don't know. I'm not really good at predicting the future. So I can't really like if you were to ask like some people think it's the future of all games, but I don't know if I would be willing to say that. I say that all the time. <laughs> you say that all the time, really? Yeah, but I say a lot of dumb things. It, it definitely seems like a kind of thing where it's like when you find the right fit, it makes sense. Like, we've been taking turns kind of playing Resident Evil um, 7 in VR, and it's definitely an experience, but I think, like, it's kind of the experience where Elise and I will play it, and we'll play with a controller for, like, 
two and a half hours at a time. But with VR, it's like you can play for 45 minutes and then you kind of have to stop. It, it's weird. It almost is, feels like more like a mobile game type play session is how people are moving into VR than they are with console games where they can play all night. Maybe it's yeah. just me. That's why we chopped up. Rumble Saroon has these definite chapters where you're dealing with Sasha, you're dealing with Mia, so you can like play one little chapter and then you know take a break from it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I need to take a lot of breaks in general, but especially with VR. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it seems like that. And then it's on the onus is on the developer to, to kind of put those beats into into the game itself. In Resident Evil, at least you can go to a safe room and get a lull and be like, "Oh shit, mm-hmm. I got to go throw up a little bit." Yeah. But uh, I just yeah. I just started that game and people were telling me to play it in VR and I'm too scared to do it. Like I I but then I'll get sick as my first fear. Like how do they handle you going down the hallway? Do you just move around? You use the you use the stick, yeah, to to control yourself, but then you can I guess fine tune your looking by just moving your head around. It, I would recommend trying it. Um mm-hmm. but I've kind of like I did uh the demo in VR. And like nearly had a heart attack. And then uh, Adam played a little bit of the actual game. Adam and Bruce both played a little bit of the actual game and basically played until it was like, you got a good scare. And then we were like, all right, next. Like, it kind of works almost like a party game, I think. You played more at home in the VR. What was it? Yeah. um, Well, so it's interesting. And to me, it's it's the difference of bandwidth of input. Uh, It's actually easier. The, The mechanics of playing the game are easier. The emotions of playing it are much harder. So it's super scary, and that actually fucks with you a little bit in terms of how you play. But the mechanics are easier because you, when you aim, it's so much easier to hit something with the big motions of your head than the tiny motions of a small analog stick. Mm-hmm. And then in addition, there are, there are sequences in the game where you're dogged by a, an invincible monster, basically. And that's handy because you get the fine motion of being able to peek around stuff in 3D. Yeah. So you can look through gaps in geometry to see where something is, where you wouldn't have that motor control with a control stick. So I'm actually kind of glad about Rhombus Ruined because yeah. I think standing still works better for VR currently. When you try to add motion with a controller, there seems to be a disconnect between... It, you probably went through the same thing, Tim, where that motion oh. sickness comes in where you move one way, your head goes the other, and then your body doesn't know what to do, and you kind of get like... It feels like car sickness or motion sickness. Yeah. Whereas you don't like, uh, there's a part in Batman where you're um, jumping between these bat signals really fast down a, hall- down a hallway. Mm-hmm. Remember, did you play that? Mm-mm. No. The bat car game. You can see a little bat icon and you can jump to it. And uh, that's really fast and it doesn't be sick at all. And I don't know why, but um, like teleporting, uh, mm-hmm. like in budget cuts or a game like that, you don't, you don't seem to get sick. Yeah. And um, so we use clairvoyance. So you can see, like in the first game, you can jump into someone else's head and see from their point of view. So you can jump into the head of any character, and that's how you move around the environment. Is you, you see somebody, and you can jump into their brain, and then if that person can see someone new, you jump into that one. And when you teleport around, you don't get sick at all. But you can get around a whole different... You can still navigate, but you're just not walking forward. Well, when, when I tried it, I liked the aspect that, like, you had telekinesis. So kind of like... Uh, like Lawrence and Adam were saying, in, in Resident Evil, when you aim in VR, you move your f- head, which to me doesn't necessarily make sense. Like, if it were me, I'd be looking down the hallway, screaming, firing behind me, <laughs> but you can't do that, like, in Resident Evil. Um, <laughs> but in in what I tried to Rhombus Ruin, it kind of made sense because that's how, in the platformer that preceded it, you would kind of control things. He would like lock on and then he would move his head and that's, it makes sense that that's how like a psychic would do something. Um, Powers are from your brain. Yeah, yeah. 
Brain. So, so there's like a point where you're moving like luggage around and you're doing it with your head and it kind of makes sense that hmm. that's the beam tri- like going from the center of your forehead. Hmm. Apple brain. Yeah. Hey, hey, Tim, I have a confession to make. I've never played the first Psychonauts. And mm. I'm tr- I'm trying to I know I, I apologize I'm sorry uh, I'm trying One to figure out should I should I oh he left uh, should I start um, <laughs> w- if I'm if I play Rhombus of Ruin will I be totally lost or is it something that kind of gets me into the into the Psychonauts world or how does that work? And we kind of uh, we drop in I, all the dialogue when I'm writing it I write it uh, assuming no one knows anything. That's great. Uh, and just you know it might it might seem like it because I, I think movies start that way sometimes where you kind of. They just jump right into the action, so you don't you don't need a long intro like this is this person, this is that person. Yeah. But we can, like try to explain it along the way, so you just feel like you're dropped into a, a an adventure that's already going on. But we do reintroduce who everybody is and what your powers are and all that. So we wrote with people like you in mind. Not that we like you, but. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that, Tim. That being said, get off your goddamn. I know. Ass, I'm man. sorry. I apologize. There's no way it can live up to James. You know. <laughs> There's. It, it sounds it. stupid, but a lot of people, like, just by nature of my screaming about it, like, I'll get tweets and stuff of people going like, hey, just bought it. There's a Steam sale or whatever, and I just bought it, and I'm trying it. And I'm like, I hope you enjoy it. And That's then they, time. it's totally, it could be total bias. <laughs> because I, people are mean to me on the internet, but people are also really nice. Uh, but a lot of times people will come back, and then, like, two weeks later, they'll message me. And say like, oh, I thought it was really great. I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for the recommendation. Um, yeah, so he welcome. gets all the credit, not yeah. you, Tim. And I say, <laughs> you know, anything for the fans. Um, Except for that one guy that told you that he was really glad you also liked Awesome Knots. Yeah, there's a guy who sent me a tweet who was like, I'm so glad you like Awesome Knots. No one ever talks about it. And I just, I just didn't reply. Yeah, I didn't want to break his heart. You know what? You're right. I mean, yeah. I have played Awesome Knots, but yeah. do you like Police Knots? Is that a good one? Yeah. Too? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Tim, I'm curious. Nuts. Yeah, anything with knots, Tim made. I'm nuts for nuts. Garlic nuts. <laughs> um, given that you've you've been in creative work for decades at this point, what type of and and given that you're also making a VR game now, which is on an entirely new platform, kind of requires new mechanics, new UI, new UX, all that stuff. What kind of creativity do you find the most rewarding? Is it working on an established platform to build kind of a at least a a a product that is known by form, so like a traditional box game or something like that? Or do you like entirely new platforms, like switching to mobile when that was new, VR when it's new? Do you enjoy exploring fundamentally new game mechanics? You know, I, I, it's interesting because I've always been someone who would say that ideas are more important than technology and that you could have made, you know, Tetris on an Atari 2600. And it wasn't the technology holding us back from making a really popular game. It was just the idea. No one had that idea. So, like, I've always, and part of me is always resisting all the new controllers and everything because I'm like, we, we have all the things we need to make tons and tons of great games. Let's just focus on that. And yet, every time one comes out, we always jump on it and try, like, you know, you know, you can make a fun game on this Connect device. Let's make a Connect game. Um, sometimes it, it works out great, and sometimes it doesn't. But it's, I think, it, 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 in general, you know, I like any kind of creative work because you always start with a some sort of constraint. Like, what if you, you know, what if you could use a player's body, or what if you're you're in VR, they all come with new restrictions, you know, connect and VR and all the, you know, Wiimotes, they all have things you can do that you couldn't do before, but also a whole bunch of stuff you can't do anymore. And, um, but that's a fun challenge. Like, okay, now think about it. What would you do? Cause sometimes you need some arbitrary constraints to actually get your creative juices flowing. Hmm. Do you ever self-impose those or do those just happen naturally? 
I imagine running a company, you're, you're awash with constraints, so it's not like you have to go out yeah. finding them. The main constraint is always money. You're like, oh, I'll see. How much money do we have? That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, makes sense. Obviously, Ramus of, the, Ramus of Ruin is coming out before Psychonauts 2, but did you have an inkling for an idea for Psycho, Psychonauts 2 before <clears throat> Ramus of Ruin? Like, which kind of came first in, oh, we should make this or we should make this? Oh, uh, yeah, that's interesting because I, I had the idea, like, the idea for the story of Psychonauts and how it would continue and how it related to the first game was always there when we were making the first game. We always wanted to um, have Raz go to headquarters and, and find out about the Psychonauts in their home base. And, um, but I wasn't going to tell, you know, you leave Psychonauts 1. Psychonauts 1 ends with all the, all the main characters flying off to rescue this guy named Truman Zanotto. Bruce, cover your ears. Lots of spoilers, Bruce, spoilers. cover your ears. <laughs> and, yeah, everybody dies in a plane crash. And then <laughs> but it's just like, let's go rescue this guy. And Psychonauts 2 is going to start with them landing, having rescued that person, and then further adventures at headquarters. And uh, we were just going to kind of allude to that. It was kind of like a Back to the Future ending. Like, it's not important. Like, the actual thing they went off to do was just, like, they had further adventures. And so I wasn't going to tell that story. And then um, we wanted to do this VR game and, and think about where to set it. Is it, like, a side thing? And I was like, actually, this would be a great opportunity to tell that kind of lost mission story. So you can still play Psychonauts 1, Psychonauts 2, and, and, and not play that, really. It still makes sense. But... This is an opportunity to say, like, how did they, you know, did they, what happened when they went off to rescue Truman Zanotto? So it was a little out of order like that. <laughs> Tiny hand, I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think, I think that'll about do it for our conversation. However, I wanted your input on something. Uh-oh. Gotcha. Um, oh, no. Here yeah, comes here comes the gotcha. gotcha. Oh, no. Uh, this, this may disturb you more than, than me flashing you my moose knuckle before we started. Um, <laughs> we got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll cut it out. Oh, it's live. Anyway, so I like weird shit on the internet. You? Yes, no. strange. And as such, I've decided to determine what the best weird shit on the internet is. Oh, right, yes. In a, in a segment that I'm calling Dude Suit Battle, in which every week we pit one weird thing on the internet versus another weird thing, and we decide which one is better slash worst. Again, the goal is not to king shame, it's to celebrate, but yep. at the same time shame a little bit. So uh, Maskers is currently in the lead. Uh, Tim, are you familiar with what Maskers are? Maskers? Uh... Yeah, go ahead and Google it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just start an image search. Start an image search. Is this really a thing that I'm going to regret looking up? Uh, uh, open an incognito window yeah, just to be safe. Bad. So, oh, um, this is uh, like a full body costume. You've got yeah, it. like living dolls. Uh, a term applied to men who like to put on li rubber living doll suits. When you're watching a video, and you're like, ah, something wrong with that lady. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's currently uh, that currently has the belt. Uh, we have a new title match today. Uh, there is something on the internet called a quicksand fetish. Um, oh, I don't know that one. A quicksand fetish is the b bizarre arousal of sinking or watching someone sink in a sticky, gooey, or dirty pit of quicksand from an old jungle movie <laughs> dirty. or something like that. <laughs> an old jungle movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I'm sitting around watching some old jungle movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, Tim, I'll, well, I'll send you funny. some research you guys, material. You realize you're talking about the newest PSVR commercial, right? Oh boy, nope, haven't seen it yet. The guy's, the guy's standing on a shag carpet and he puts on the PSVR and then there's a whoa, and he goes like a nightmare on Elm Street, like into the carpet. This is, so this cool. is, I like that. I like what? that. It's already so tied in. There's a bunch of people <laughs> oh. watching PSVR commercials and they're getting super they're hard. They're getting quick super standing. hard. Okay. Um, so, I mean, the, so I'll put calling up. it a fetish is kind of, you know, you're kind of uh, making it sound really clinical and negative. It's really just a, uh, 
Oh wow! They've combined it. I'm seeing now they combined it with those furries in quicksand. <laughs> yeah, there, there is that. There's for a lot sure. of crossover potential here. And where's somebody wearing a mask? Oh, so that's that's the thing. It's uh, well, I guess I guess you could potentially cross over everything. I'll just pop up a little reference right there. Right in some space there. Okay. So, right. uh, so, so that's uh, a woman gotta, walking. Gotta we see a, a woman walking. When does she go in quicksand? There oh, we okay, go. She's stuck. So this there is actually a, this, this is a subset of damsels in peril fetish, uh, which is another thing that that <laughs> yeah. people like to masturbate to. Oh, is there a, a specific person who has to be trapped in the sand? Uh, just any just any woman who is distressed at her being trapped in sand or some other fluid. She's got a scanty, scantily. Well, also, yeah, she's wearing a skirt. If you think about it, and I may be reading too much into this, but if someone's stuck in quicksand, what do you do? You throw them the tail end of a snake, yeah. right, to pull them <laughs> out, snake. which also has kind of a phallic oh. kind of perception to oh, it. Oh, I didn't Tim think didn't about sign that. up for this. So Sorry, it's almost. No, no, I'm, I'm really into it, and, and by into it, I mean I'm into both masking and. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. that's a much but, higher quality but, version. But you're talking about trying to figure out which one is it wins this competition. Is it like which one is better? Which one's interneting harder? Which one it, is interneting harder? Well, like there's the no G. totality of creepiness and also shocking. Sort of what what makes you both disturbed but happy that someone out there is living their dream. I th yeah, I think you can qualify it however you like. Ah, oh, man. I mean, the the masking stuff has a certain like Buffalo Bill like killer <laughs> vibe to it. Sure. That is really horrific. <laughs> and also sweaty. It just feels, looks like it would be really well, sweaty. Like, we, those are latex, right? We did discuss it. We discussed it briefly last week, and I had seen, there's a really good Vice documentary about it, and I think a lot of them, before they put on the suit, wear a diaper because you basically seal yourself in, and uh -huh. you're not going to be able to get out for, like, the next, you have to commit to it for, like, a 12, 15-hour period. It's basically a long, an international flight. Um, and so... Uh, so they wear diapers, so that way they don't have to take it off to go to the bathroom. They could just go. Um, so which one do you like more? So I don't know how that. <laughs> you could just go in quicksand too. It's fine. I, quicksand seems like a lot more lighthearted fun, whereas the masking seems like that's something really important to these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. It's, it's like more of a, it's like an identity transformation mm -hmm. thing, whereas a quicksand thing is more like the sound of dog food coming out of a can turns you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you get together with your pals. It's just okay. a fun weekend so, getaway. So, so to you, what is more important? Not necessarily you personally. Appealing. But I guess what do you think <laughs> counts for more? There can be only one winner, Tim. Again, masking seems like the kind of thing that uh, it's, the only, it's the kind of thing that you would really only know about because of the internet. Like only on the internet. Oh, that's true. I guess that's, that's valid. There's all those old jungle point. movies. Should we, should we cast our votes? So yeah. It sounds, Tim, you're, you're down for masking winning this. I think masking is like, is like 20% more internet. All right. Yeah. All right. There we have it. Okay. Yep. How about you guys? You oh, think? While I like quicksand a lot, yeah. uh, I think masking is still on the on the internet yeah. harder. Yeah. I agree. I, wow. I still think that there's a lot more effort going into the masking and quicksanding okay. is kind of lazy. And uh, so I can't <laughs> admire it as much. Can I point out one more reason why masking actually beats quicksanding? Yeah. Sure. Masking would actually literally defeat death by quicksand because if you're wearing a full body mask, fell into the quicksand, you could cut the top of it off and it would be like a washer. Oh, yeah. You can escape it. Costume and be safe. And leave your diaper behind and no one knows. Okay. I guess masking wins. Fill your mask with mud, it would probably be really soothing and less sweaty. And your skin would be People do that right now to, like, you know, protect yeah. You guys, it's a weird segment. There, well, there's a person masking right now in quicksand listening to this podcast going, wow, they're talking about me. <laughs> I'm that guy. Help. This entire podcast was uh, meant to empower the disenfranchised.
So this changes my weekend plans completely. <laughs> well, it's only Monday. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for enduring that, Tim. Uh, is there anything you'd like people to know about Psychonauts Two or Rhombus of Ruin? Well, um, Rhombus of Ruin comes out February twenty first. Oh wow, soon. Yeah. Yeah, soon. And it's on uh, PlayStation VR, and it's awesome, and I hope you like it. And uh, um, there'll be way more toilets in Psychonauts 2. Yes. Well, cool. we only need at least We've heard that more, before, well, Tim. Yeah. That makes you less Promises, special. promises. I, I auditioned for a couple. Yeah, Adam <laughs> auditioned for toilets as well. <laughs> good. Yeah, he's in. Elisa's in for sure. Yes. Oh, wow. Finally. Thank you, Tim. Uh, There's a few on. more maybes. There's a few more maybes. Oh, okay. Life on dream. Life on dream. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need, Tim, we're here for you. <laughs> Wow, she's getting all the way up to her neck. I'm still watching this. <laughs> it's distressing. She's yeah. in trouble. I hope she really trusts that cameraman. Oh, There's there a whole playlist no there for you. So. Where is your mother? <laughs> she's she's deeper. Yeah. <laughs> she's holding the boom. Uh, I've almost got you, Mom. I got your hair. Okay, sorry. I'll talk about that. Thanks uh, for having me. Guys. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Bye. Enjoy the videos. All right. Bye. <laughs> Uh, can I just say, I looked up oh, no, uh, quicksanding no. oh, on yeah. Urban Dictionary, and another definition I really like is different quicksanding. Uh, it's allowing your friend to sink lower and lower into hideousness in order to maintain your attractiveness. Oh. Slow and sad sabotage. I like that. Well, I like that so quite a bit, used yeah. in a sentence, Carla's blind vision to self beautification could only be cradled by Gina's quiet but stealth uh, quick, stealth quicksanding. Quick I feel nice. like if you're going to use a word, an unfamiliar word in a sentence, you shouldn't Use other big words, big words around to, it right. <laughs> to yeah. describe it. Thanks, Urban Dictionary. Oh, like yeah. And thanks, Tim. I, and I, thanks to our sponsor, 1 800 Flowers. Whoa. Ah. Bye, Lawrence. Bye, Lawrence. We were supposed to present those to you. What? Oh, I didn't. Aww. No, no, I wanted to present them oh, to you. Yeah. We wanted oh, well. to bachelor this place I like up. Yeah, I like how this this coffee table is covered in cheese, empty bottles, <laughs> oh, Dayquil, and tissues. Everything you need for a night of romance. But now it's completely redeemed because we have a vase full of roses. Of exactly. Of course. From our fine sponsor. And if you would hold on a minute. Oh, wait. Hold on. He's got it. Hold on a minute. Uh huh. I'll just I'll click on down to three. We've seen the first two already. Mm -hmm. There we go. All right. Um. So yes, this podcast is sponsored by One uh, Eight Hundred Flowers, and they would urge you, urge you to not delay. Uh, accounting for Valentine's Day because it is coming up. Um, you can order your flowers now and just have them all set and ready to go, ready to be delivered. Uh, all you have to do is go into 1-800-Flowers.com, uh, the official florist of Valentine's. I didn't know that that could happen, but yeah. they have declared it and thus it shall be. Uh, they say they have uh, great deals on elegant and stunning bouquets that are sure to wow her or him. Come on, 1-800-Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you can order 18 Radiant Red Roses for only $29.99 or upgrade to 24 for just $10 more. And that is the beautiful display you see before you. So to order 18 Red Roses for only $29.99 or upgrade to 24 for $10 more, please go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash DudeSoup. That's 1-800-Flowers.com or sorry, 1-800-Flowers.com slash DudeSoup. They would urge you to not wait and go ahead and order that now. I would, I would agree. It's good yeah. to just get that shit out of the way while you're thinking about it. And man... Let me tell you, people don't people don't give people flowers anymore. That's true. So if you have a significant other, you'll blow their minds, blow their little minds. And you can send flowers to Bicycle Jane. Yeah. How's she gonna get out? She's she got to throw girl, flowers down and step on. She's the girl that's stuck in the quicksand oh, right no. here. Oh no! Oh no! Oh god! Can I just say it really ruins the illusion? And I don't have I don't have a dog in this fight, but it really ruins the illusion for me when you see that the person who's going to go get quicksanded 
is already dirty up to their knees. Oh, yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, because they were, they were testing, should be totally clean. Mean, yeah, it means that they, they should be clean. She I mean, even totally if you test it, I understand you have to test it to make sure it's safe or not safe, whatever you want. But get off, hose yeah. off, put on some new clothes, oh, God. something, get in now there. Now I'm worried. Yeah, My school's really getting stuck. Yeah. See? It's so do perilous. Do people accept, oh. like, snow? Can you do, like... No, snow doesn't count. That's gotta be, look, this is, like... I mean, pudding. if you're yeah. if you're trying to walk through no. like two two three feet, deep at least it snow. has to be sticky. It has to stick to you. Yeah. At least that's probably another fetish. Just I mean, so, just so you're aware, I'm, I'm uh, sure it's a separate. It's thing. not it must easy. Have something to do with completely immersing them. Maybe right? I'm I'm more nervous. For you her. want? Let's well, gooey too, you know? Yeah, she's gonna be all sticky and stuff after. No, her. bicycle Jane, you can't do that. <laughs> It doesn't work that way. It's quicksand. All is I can, it? Oh god. And oh. maybe the oh, no, you go. no, you, you, you. Well, I was gonna say, do do is, do men do it? Are there any videos of men getting Goodness quicksand? No. Oh, I said no. it, it's part of it's part of it's a subset of the women in peril. King. I bet there's men doing quicksand. See how offended Lawrence was. <laughs> Google <laughs> men. Oh heavens no. Men quicksand. I'm sure there is. There's still another two and, and a half minutes. Up, we're gonna we're gonna end up seeing someone die, and I don't want to see that. No, we're not. Not on YouTube. Um, all I can think of in that scene is the never ending story. Our taxes, of course. Yeah, the swamp of sorrows. Yeah, sad. I oh, ooh, hello. I did find. I did find a. Oh goodness. Oh, there's a there's a movie scene around yeah. it. I think this is just a porno. Hmm. It's definitely no. a porno. No, this because that's uh, that's porn that's, lighting. That's uh, Batgirl. I like imagining <laughs> that Tim Shaver is also watching this video right now. <laughs> he just kept doing another. Uh, I guess for our audio listeners right now, we're watching a, uh, yeah. a woman in a skimpy outfit. Oh, it's Catwoman! I yeah. uh, see. I told you, it's Batgirl and Catwoman. Yeah, oh, is that no. Batgirl doesn't um, have the bat symbol on it her looks, belt. It looks to be like a uh, a bad porno parody, except it's for uh, people who have a quicksand it's fetish. The quicksand. What's the trick to getting on a quicksand? Quicksand? There's a trick. I thought oh, you just right? lay back. Oh, Batgirl's like, right out. Right. Well, you just don't sink any further. But yeah, you, yeah, just, yeah you, when you don't struggle, struggle, you're pushing away stuff right. that because oh. you mean, don't want to push down like Bicycle no. Jane was doing. Yeah. No, no, she. That's why she kept going lower. She was right, struggling right. against it. Oh. So you just it. lay down. You just you just kind of go limp. Well, and then things will settle around you. Like sex. Yeah, if you go perpendicular or basically yeah. lay parallel to the mud. Yeah, you oh. want to fill yeah. up as much surface area as possible. And then right. you just start eating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you start you eating. <laughs> you eat your way out. Yeah. <laughs> I did see a video of a lady in lingerie in quicksand earlier today. You can pretty much see full nip right through that lingerie. So I don't know how they you got it. You act like you YouTube. saw that coincidentally. I'm like, oh, I was on the <laughs> yeah. train and you I saw. full nip quicksand. I'm surprised that it came up. Usually it doesn't. Uh, so it must be Come a new on, upload. Batgirl, you're smarter than that. Yeah. Use your gadgets. <laughs> Where's oh. the battering so she can pull herself out of there? <laughs> she just starts throwing batterings at the she wall. She gets her hand stuck yeah. and reaches down. I'm, I'm wearing my mask. I feel stupid. Well, oh yeah, now everybody knows who she that is. That feels like four and a half hours. Is the podcast over? <laughs> Good. No. no. No, no, no. We've killed a significant amount of time, though, so. Go I really like that guy, Tim Schaefer. <laughs> He's going I really places. do. He's really, He's whoa. Gonna whoa, jeez. <laughs> uh, they showed an obscene close-up of her. Giant augmented breasts. He's just a really, he's just a really that. good, he's a good dude. He's a, I, yeah. I produced him in a couple of interviews for G4 oh, too. Okay. He's just a really nice guy, generally speaking. So, uh, I'm, I'm always happy. I wish I had played Psychonauts. I feel I'm glad bad. to call him my best friend. I was going to say, but, but I'm, I've always been, uh, I've always been pulling for him because he's just, uh, just a nice guy. So funny so. too. I mean, in addition to yeah, the handsome, so weird kinks, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> weird that, weird the stuff he's into. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, apart from that, <laughs> I think he deserves all the credit in the world for starting and maintaining a successful games company. Absolutely. Especially through, I think the last 10 years have been some of the volatile, most volatile for games makers and games publishers. Mm. Um, they've survived the shift to crowdfunding and now like crowd investing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there, there were a lot of close calls in the meantime, but well, man, hats off to just, just keeping the lights on the whole time. Yeah, I mean, and also like Double Fine doesn't make like huge AAA titles. Yeah, like they yeah. don't make any guarantees. 
They yeah. they experiment with That's new cool. concepts and new oh, ideas. And coming out as I'm, a publisher too. I meant mm-hmm. to ask. I forget to ask. I was like, "Where's Costume Quest 3? Oh yeah, I still got stuck on the first one. Really? There's one damn house that I need candy from, and I can't find it. Really? It's oh. such a fun game to play during Every, Halloween. Yeah, because you're literally a gamer. You're trick or treating. I just like I any I the first one. I like any video game that takes place in modern or approximate modern time. That's just such a cool like trapping that most games mm-hmm. don't don't opt for. I think for obvious reasons. Speaking of which, Yakuza Zero is pretty fucking great. Well, yeah, I yeah. want to play it. We're, we're gonna really play it. Think, yeah. yeah, we're gonna play it. I knew we were gonna play it for the channel. So I, I mostly I was going. Th- I was on you guys earlier, but I was going through Resident Evil this weekend, and like, I, I played it in the least scary way because a we've already played through the beginning part. And I had the lights on, and then like the washing machine was going, and then like I had the volume kind of down because <laughs> I was always just kind of like, turn the brightness way. That's so scary. <laughs> um, but I got through uh, one of the parts. There's a there's a VHS part where they, I really like that mechanic where mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Experience someone's, and I'm really concerned for back. Yeah, don't she's, worry, she'll get she's out. Fine. God, oh. I'm just, I want to see the, that there's people off s- on the side of the set. There are, there are. Like, Did you know the woman God. who played the Wicked Witch um, got her head caught in the thing and burned when they filmed it? So every time you watch Wizard of Oz and you see the witch go down, yeah, and then like for whatever happened. There she's, she's down there going, fuck, my head's stuck. Holy shit. Blowing, burning her hair away. Apparently oh, yeah. she was a lovely woman. And the woman who played the other, the, the happy, the, the good witch. The good witch was like a total cunt to everybody. Oh, oh really? Finish yeah. your Resident Evil thought, because I also want to talk about oh, Carrie oh, oh. I want to talk about Carrie was in uh, Princess um, Bride. There was, a, there was a part, though, in like Resident Evil where um you... It's one of the Mia flashback tapes. Yeah. And there's the old woman who's like looking for you, and it's just full on stealth. Yeah. But... It's not a glitch, but it's a weird thing where when she goes, when it becomes a video game, when she notices you and then she like chases you down or whatever, she drops her lantern and it's almost comical. Oh, yeah. She goes, ah, girl. <laughs> You're like, okay, stop being scary. There's, uh, But I, like I said, also, I'm playing in the Resident least scary Evil's way possible. always had that trade-off, though. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always walking a fine line between actual horror and intentional B-grade Western schlock, which I've always loved about it. I, I wish they would rename it, just call it Resident Evil instead of Resident Evil 7. Like, I, I wish this was the reboot of the series because it kind of feels like hmm. like that one part when we, we got to it when we, we did our gameplay. But when you get to the mansion and you're like, oh, this is like when you ah. Yeah. That's like how I don't know. Well, they kind of um, did. They 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 snuck the Roman Seven in the logo, so it's just a clean Resident Evil. Yeah. When you look at it. That's true. And they yeah. called it yeah. Biohazard, so they subtitled it like the first one. Like I, said, I really like it though. I like where they're. I yeah. hope this is like a fresh start for it because I, I like where it's going. At least game and I are awesome. pretty far in. I think yeah. we're close to being too close to the end of it's the game. Still scary. It's still scary so far I, in. I still think it's it's so much better when it doesn't. It's not trying to be an action game, uh. and I think it does some stuff where it's like padding i know it's like padding because i think they had like they're like we have a solid four and a half hour thing here but we don't want to charge people for that rightly so completely rightly so so like we're gonna put stuff in where you have to kind of backtrack and when you backtrack there'll be bad guys we're Mm -hmm. gonna make the bad guys confusing to kill and stuff like that but none of it is as scary like like once you get like a good weapon or something like a lot of the Scary things. The first time you see them, you're like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. But then later on, you're like, "Oh, I hope I hope this room is filled with these guys also because then I can them. just blow their heads off, yeah. mm-hmm. and then that'll be the end of it." Um, How much jump scare stuff is there? It still keeps still it still keeps going. But the thing is, later on, those tape those VHS tapes oh. are awesome. Oh man, they're so good. The puzzles in them are really cool because too. they they use it in a different way later into the, later in the game, and they're like kind of optional. I think they're optional because I didn't learn anything about the the narrative that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. But you just like those old rednecks 
filmed a lot of stuff. And so there's tape you find where it's like labeled like some guy found some guy trespassing. And then then so they basically strap a camera to him and then make him do like a weird test, right? Like a weird like test of intelligence. That's all you really need to know. Yeah, and and, but it's like kind of like Saw, I guess in some ways. It's like a weird like, let's see if he can do it. And man, if they had just like, they were like, we don't know how to integrate this into the main storyline other than you just find VHS tapes all over the place and then you can play them. Mm-hmm. And then that'll add, that'll buffer the game by like, you know, a couple hours. That would be yeah. so, like, it because it doesn't have to tie in at all. It's just they're all really I mean, pu- fun puzzles that are like really cool. I haven't really looked into the DLC yet, but I imagine that that will be a feature of it. But back to Carrie Elwes so. in the uh, Fire Swamp and Princess Bride. Do you know that he does his own stunt when he jumps down into the quicksand head first you told us that yeah, yeah and it could have been really dangerous for carrie because they had to open that track trap door at the exact moment and they said carrie you want a stuntman and he said it's okay they, have to open it at the they said good moment. we can't afford it this is yeah. a low budget film because otherwise he hits his head well the irony the, is if he had door. injured himself he would have fucked the entire production so yeah that's why stuntman that's kind of greedy yeah for him damn oh. you carrie i was i was a uh, back to resident evil 7 we have a we have a resident <laughs> evil 7 gameplay yeah. going up in a few oh. a few days and I don't think I've ever had a physical experience quite like that playing it in VR. Because yeah. uh, the game itself is already pretty scary, just yep. generally on a, on a computer monitor or whatever else you're playing on. Mm. Yep. But that VR headset, that makes it an entirely different experience that I've never had on any other video game. And uh, I, I, this is the only game so far that's kind of convinced me. It's like, oh, you know, I could... I would I could see myself playing this for more than just you know a it, few minutes. It's just exhausting. It though. is exhausting and God. it's and it's nauseating. Like it it made Adam and I both sick. Hmm. And I don't typically get sick from VR. Hmm. I honestly think it was more the the visuals. Mm-hmm. You might want to try turning off smooth turning because that, that that might be it t- too. That hit my stomach yeah. pretty hard. Turning turning in angles is annoying, but it did help me. I mean, I, I, that's an axiom that I think a lot of VR devs are approaching is that smooth motions really fuck with people, but blinking places like quick turning or teleporting to yeah. locations tends to dissuade a lot of that. I think the game would be, I'm curious to see what the, how the Vive is going to incorporate it. If you can do, um, if it's going to be room scale mm. um, and if oh, there's yeah. going to be like warping or some sort of movement or so, something similar to like how we did um, Don't Blink, how that one was. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Where there's like the subtle movements you can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. man. Is it, is it not one-to-one enough in <clears throat> PlayStation VR then? PlayStation VR I thought was a little too low res. Um, I mean, in you know, whatever. It's a, how much is that headset? Uh, hmm. I don't remember. It's what? crazy cheaper than the other. It's still. Yeah, sort of, sure. I mean, yeah, it's comparatively, still, it's still good though. I mean, like, and, and no, no, it's, it's like the game itself was good, yeah, so yeah. that's what made the headset good too. The mm-hmm. the hardest thing with VR is the the frame rate. It's got to stay at a pretty smooth. Uh, the minute it starts skipping frames is when you like it, yeah, it really, really gets bad. Um, I'm just curious for the my my problem is the sitting motion. If I want to be playing a sitting game, it needs to be like a um, I don't know, like a. Uh, like some kind of plane simulator, car, or like okay, a spaceship yeah. or car. Yeah, like you're actually sitting in It'll something for real. You want your you yeah. want your representation in virtual reality to be identical to right. what yeah. you're doing in real. So reality, when yeah. you are moving in VR, but you're sitting. Your feet are, and you're sitting down. There is a disconnect, and yeah. you don't like that. And with the room scale, that's why it's a completely different experience. When it's like, that's why you always see people running into walls and like punching the ceiling stuff because they actually believe they're there. Mm-hmm. With uh, Resident Evil and the PlayStation thing is like. I just see that as a screen. Mm. That's all it really is. It's a good screen. It's not bad, but man, I want that room scale to I work. Think, I think we're going to get into a situation with PSVR, maybe more than Oculus and Vive, where it kind of reminds me of like the Wii hardware, mm. like c- incredibly underpowered, 
great developers are going to do amazing things with it. Yeah. That like blows like Super Mario Galaxy. You look at that game and you're like, I see. Like this game looks amazing. Yeah. Like this game looks like, like not in terms of realism, but mm-hmm. like there's Uncharted and there's like Mario Galaxy, and mm-hmm. they're both amazing. I would say that Mario Galaxy will probably look better longer than Uncharted might, but like. Mm-hmm. Just like in terms of how what they've done with the hardware, they maximized it and stuff like this. I think we're going to get some PS PSVR developers who are doing that. They're using it to the best possible thing, but then we're going to get a lot of them who don't want to put in that extra homework. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're going to see like some PSVR games that are just kind of like, Nothing. why is this sixty dollars? This barely even works. Yeah. Like it's not immersive at all. It's going to feel even more so like screens right in front of you. Yeah. Resident, well, what, Evil, the Resident Evil really hit the home run, though. Well, yeah. that's that's the yeah. I think that's the important thing about Resident Evil's legacy is that it is a game that you can play entirely in VR. That isn't really it's not exactly being marketed that way right now, but we're that's why we're getting closer to like where where we were ten years ago when it was like or further you know when it was um, Nintendo VR Virtual Boy or whatever. We're like, look, it's VR. It's like not really, yeah, not, not even close. You had to use your imagination, yeah. to make it good. <laughs> and and now we're getting to the point where it's like you can play a full fourteen hour experience or whatever in a virtual reality mm-hmm. world and like. It's getting closer and closer. That's what I like. I like that the baby steps are starting to become strides. That's something that like seems almost exclusive to the media of video games. Like there's this thing where it's like fill in the blanks with your imagination and then eventually you don't have to anymore. Hmm. You know, because like, you know, you'd play Bionic Commando. Hmm. You're like, I'm swinging. It's like, well, not really. You're not really swinging. What you're doing is fun, but you're not really swinging. Ten years later, there's a game where you are swinging the way you imagined yourself swinging when you were playing Bionic Commando. Yeah, yeah. I see that. I think I think there are some similarities in uh, special effects and um, and look in film. There there are things I think that you could get close to with practical effects or limited special effects. But then I don't know. Starting in the late '90s and on. Um, it just completely changed the way movies were made and how they look. Well, yeah, I think it changed how the movies were made, but you can watch no. an old movie that has a matte painting in the background and you're not like, look at that wall drawn with stuff on it. Yeah, you're still great. like, you're still bought into it. Yeah. You know, it's just a di- kind of a different filmmakers knew to avoid things that they couldn't do. They would just not yeah. do them. Um, I see what you're saying though. Cause like with like Spider-Man, it was okay. PlayStation one had a Spider-Man game where, he can kind of swing around and there's a little bit of fog and then it became like Web of Shadows where, oh, wow, now I'm yeah. actually swinging on New York and I'm on the floor. Swinging. He is Spider-Man. Yeah. And yeah. then we're going to get this new PS4 game from Insomniac where it's like, okay, it's slightly yeah. better. And then give another 10 years, you're going to have, you're going to put on some glasses and you're swinging around New yeah. York yourself. And yeah. then, you know, you kill yourself because you'll never have that happiness again. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that upper body strength. But what you can have are delicious chocolate covered strawberries from Sherry's Berries. That's what I wanted to do. I set them up. He knocks yeah, down. thank you. Just bang, bang. Um, so again, Valentine's Day around the corner. What better way to uh, to surprise your significant other than with freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries. Ooh. They start at just $19.99 plus shipping, or you can double the order for $10 more. Uh, they are decadent, fresh, juicy, sweet, shareable, and irresistible. I just love reading adjectives, so... Uh, I'll continue to do so. You can choose berries that are dipped in tempting white chocolate, milk, and dark chocolatey goodness. It can be topped with chocolate chips, decorative swizzles, and chopped nuts. Boy, you can go wild customizing the shit out of your berries. So with Valentine's Day right around the corner, there's only one way to get Sherry's Berries starting in 1999, and that's to go to berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. Click on the microphone in the upper right, it's a little orange microphone symbol, and type in dude space soup. So D-U-D-E space S-O-U-P. Put in our little code, and that'll unlock the offer for you. 
uh, Cherry's Berry is starting at $19.99, and you can double your offer for only $10 more. So please check that out, and don't hesitate. Uh, get, get that stuff all scheduled and ready to go today, so you just don't have to worry about it. And then it's almost like a gift to yourself later, when your significant other, or best friend or whatever, is like, Oh my god, you're so thoughtful! And you're like, I guess I was? Um, it only takes a second to do, so I think any, any friend or loved one in your life would really appreciate it, so... We recommend you do that now. Once more, that's berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on that microphone and type in Dude Soup. So thank you for your sponsorship, Berries. Lawrence, are they going to send some to us? I hope so. We got some last year. Yeah. Those <clears throat> berries are huge. And they're yeah, great. Yeah. They're massive. They're so good. Uh, I don't, Yeah, I hope so. Um, but to close out, I got a, I got a Resident Evil-related mind freak for you oh, guys. Oh, mind right. freaks. I love I mind freaks. Right, so freak I got of the one week. question about that, too, before you move on. About Berries? About Resident Evil. Oh, Are any berries. of you guys playing on PlayStation Pro or the 4 yes. Pro? I am. I'm playing on PC. I'm playing on an Xbox One S. So Lawrence, is the is the Pro any better? Have you noticed? Uh, I don't know for sure. Specifically VR. I I haven't I haven't looked it up because I've only been playing it on Pro. We tried Um, playing it on my PlayStation and that's broken. (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't turn on. So yes, yours is better. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what the difference is. There are VR games that run at higher resolutions on PSVR because the screen the screen can support a resolution that most games don't even run at still, even though it's just 720. I think. Ah, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of things from memory here, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the PS4 Pro benefits are, aside from just feeling superior, generally. It's so gross. So gross. Uh, but my mind freak for you guys is... Uh, mind freak. Yeah, mind freak. It, it, it occurred to me a while back, there's a certain arc that most horror movies take, or there's an arc emotionally that I feel while watching a horror movie or horror narrative. And there's, there's like certain beats that they all hit. Uh, and, and this has been dissected and understood to death by horror fans, and I'm certainly not one of those. Like, I don't... I don't intellectually know, like, most horror movies even have down to the trope the names of the characters all written out, and Cabin in the Woods did a good job setting all that up. But there is this flow where you start a horror movie, and there's some, some unknown, unexplained terror that either is killing people or haunting people, whatever. But it's the unknowing of it that causes such distress. And then over the course of the film, there's a gradual acquaintance and then ultimately an understanding um, where you either get the backstory of this hideous killer or you get the tragic story that led to this ghost going around killing people. You gain some root understanding of, of the, the nature of the evil or the, the horror that you're fighting, and then that ultimately empowers a final girl or a hero to overcome that evil, or to die entirely, just depending on how the movie goes. But typically, there's a, there's a turning point where you start Real to Real quick, things. what movie is everyone thinking of right now when he's describing like the broadest horror House movie of all time? Hill. I'm thinking of The Ring. So, I'm, not, I'm thinking of Hammer on Elm Street for a specific reason. That's what I was thinking of. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. What uh, movie were you thinking of, Lawrence? Um, all of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was. I guess I was thinking of Halloween most recently. There's that twist. We like you learn who Michael Myers oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, From H two O. Yeah, and and that doesn't <laughs> really. No, no, no. <laughs> Halloween so, it, it, twenty years later. <laughs> so one of the things that I found fascinating, I think this is mostly incidental, that mostly came from Alone in the Dark, is that horror games work by disenfranchising you as a player. Like your character doesn't move fast. You don't have a lot of resources, and scarcity is a, is a form of horror. But I think also. Uh, the same arc happens mechanically in a horror video game. So you as a player become more savvy to the mechanics. You start to understand vision cones and how many shots exactly it takes to kill monsters. So you start to you start to pave over your shock and terror with understanding and kind of rote memorization. Like, oh, that's a zombie. I shoot it three times and it dies. Or I can skate around it by walking at it at this angle and then it does this animation. So something that was terrifying is no longer a threat. I always thought it was really cool that that horror games in particular can recreate the emotion of watching a scripted piece of content. Some action games kind of do the same thing, but it's not necessarily an arc. It's like if you play a scripted sequence in COD, you feel awesome because there's a lot of explosions. 
But I always loved that horror games throughout their runtime could also mimic the, uh, the narrative feeling of watching another form of media. And I feel like Resident Evil 7 intrigues me because you guys were talking about how some of the health pools feel like they're almost random at times. And I feel like that may be an intentional attempt to prevent that sort of process from happening. So you don't, with, when you encounter Mulder, you never think, I shoot it three times in the head and it's going to die. Because sometimes you shoot it eight times in the head and it's still fucking hitting you. So that, it's weird how that kind of can cross the line between frustration because you thought you mechanically understood a part of the video game and what seems like the designers attempt to keep confusing you about the enemies you're fighting. Well, for me, that's more realism, too. Hmm. Because every enemy you encounter, you know, realistically will be different. So even if they're the same creature or whatever, hmm. it's not going to be, oh, three shots to the head and that'll, that'll do it. That is more realistic, in my opinion, typically. I guess you're right, yeah. Well, the, I think where the game uh, succeeds is currently right now is like they, they can make just a normal enemy feel like a boss fight, which is kind of Dark Souls-y a little bit. Uh, that I really like. It's like, you got to be very careful with this. Like, you sure you want to use five bullets on this guy? Might be eight. Who knows? Could be three and might be a bonus. That's fantastic. But um, it, it's pretty cool that it's like, that, that's it's sort of the thing when you become desensitized when you're just overbearing with enemies. And then you're right. You gamify it and then it becomes a video game. And then it's not scary anymore. But when there's like three monsters, molders like in a room and you have 20 bullets, you're like, I don't know what to do. And then it becomes, it has like a genuine frantic moment where you're, trying to get your key out to open a boiler room so you can get through before these three things attack you. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. It's actually, it's succeeding for me in terms of being like a good horror game, but also just being a good game. I, I don't really find the, the mold monsters scary. Um, to me, the game keeps upping its stakes with like the videotapes and the fact that you're like, goddamn grandma Still hasn't done anything yet. Oh yeah, wait, wait she's always just there. And, uh, <laughs> Eyes rolling uh, in her head, and she's the only one I trust. She's just I, uh, sitting in a corner sometimes, and you're like, she and she's, she awake? She's in places and, where wheelchairs can't get. That's yeah, the scariest yeah, thing. that's I didn't think about that's that. She's probably gonna too. like come into the inn. I would assume, right? <laughs> no, grandma's, grandma's the only good guy. I trust. But, uh, grandma. Oh, grandma's a good guy. I trust grandma. I um, there's just stuff that they do visually and and atmospherically in that game that if they've been doing it at this point, as far as I've been watching James, because I sure as hell cannot. Handle, handle it myself. They've been doing the same shit for hours into this game with the oscillating fans sh casting shadows, yeah. your shadows, just everything. And, and it's still, it's still is creeping me out every time he goes into a new room. I'm, I'm still creeped out and and like completely, um, just on edge. What wondering if, what it could be. Whatever AI is controlling the sound effects in that game oh, yes. is a monster. The you, visuals are great, but mother of God. You weren't kidding. They they will just chair. give you audio <laughs> cues and there's nothing there. And that like you'll sometimes be like there is something there. Sometimes there is, but a lot of times there isn't, but it does it so that way you don't know. Yeah. You don't know if it's telling you that something is around the corner. That's awesome. One of the best moments. If it's awesome. just wind on the on yeah. the window. I knocked a pile of cans over and I jumped out of my yeah. chair. Yeah. I remember I was cans. I was in the game proper. <laughs> And I heard really heavy footsteps, and I was like, okay. "Resident Evil, you're not gonna fuck with me." And I turned the corner, and Daddy was right there. Oh yeah, it's like fuck me. And there wasn't like a there wasn't a music sting or anything. He was just there. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Woo, yeah, I'm gonna get you." I'm like, oh, shit. "Yeah." In the That's game, scary. the gameplay that you guys did, there's a part where Bruce is below him, and oh. he's walking above. Oh him, yeah, 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 And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it's such a, a good, it's frightening, good touch. Well, they do yeah. this really interesting thing too, where you can down him, but he's oh yeah, he'll get back up. So you're exploring the house, but he's he's just walking around. You can get to areas where he like he can't get to you, but there's some areas like you want to go back to, and you can put three bolts in his head. He'll fall down, but then he'll get back up. Yeah. And he'll just, he's just a, a prevalent enemy. I'm like that's kind of cool. That's yeah. a kind of like alien isolation. 
Yeah, it, oh. it, it is this like this persistent monster that's always chasing you, and like you can you can fight it, but you can't kill it until the game tells you you can. <sighs> He's so scary. He is creepy. Yeah, there's nothing like a Still southern gentleman me. chasing you. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, uh, our damsel has finally uh, got herself it. out of the quicksand. She She's made it watching out. herself. I'm like Bicycle Jane. We Bicycle wandered Jane. into She's some dead. kind of narrative content <laughs> oh. involving ninjas and chicks that fight in quicksand. Mm -hmm. So uh, I saw them doing like fighting poses and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on there. You're um, right. There isn't a lot to do in Georgia. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I remember doing something similar to this when I was in high school, except we couldn't afford a camera. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you if you want to watch what we're talking about, you can check oh, out links no. in the description. She got stuck again. Oh, now she got stuck again. She got stuck. Oh, Gosh, she's just tune stuck in next all the week time. to find out what happens. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We pre-recorded that because we're going to be in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got the uh, the post show coming up. Uh, it's where we where we watch some or we look at some fan art. We discuss matters of the day. We take questions live from the audience. So. You're watching live, please stay tuned for that. And if you're not watching live, maybe consider getting a first membership so you can get in on all the fun. Um, and thank you guys for making the adjustment. Uh, we're earlier this week, and we will be early from now on. So 1 p.m. is our new starting time. In the cock block. Thanks, Elise. You did. <laughs> Does anybody want some cheese curds? No. No. I always want cheese uh, curds. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you guys next week, and stay tuned for the post show if you're watching. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, Thanks, yeah. Tim Schaefer. They got real yeah, sweaty. Thank you, Tim Schaefer.